Hello, this is Chris O'Regan, and you're listening to The Sausage Factory. This is episode 376 of The Sausage Factory. Welcome. In this episode, I chat to Dan Phillips of Edo Games about their tower defence RTS hybrid game, Skyfleet. That's Skyfleet, not Starfleet. Starfleet is a really strange sort of animatronic sort of like puppet show from the early 1980s in which Brian May did a little theme tune for. No. Nothing to do with that. If you don't know what I'm talking about, kids ask your parents. Also, look it up on YouTube. It's amazing. But no, this is Skyfleet. Now, Skyfleet is a wonderful, beautiful little game in which you control a little airship and you have to build a base in the sky and defend it against various nerdwells who come and try to destroy it. And there's some really interesting mechanics involved with the development of this game. And we really delved into it. Dan and I really explored all the different avenues that Dan tried to explore in the development of Skyfleet. That's not that's Skyfleet, not Starfleet. Stop singing a song. It's not that. Stop it. Anyway, enough of that. <laughs> sorry, it's in my head. It's in my head. I, I Sorry. It's, there he is. Just... It's from my youth. I'm old. Anyway, enough of this. (laughs) Let's just move on. Listen to me from the recent past. Talk to Dan about the design and development of Skyfleet, not Starfleet. Oh, God, please get us out of this, Chris. Dan. Hi. Nice to meet you. (laughs) Who are you and what do you do? Um, My name is Dan Phillips, and I I guess I'm an independent uh, game developer. Um. You are indeed. So you you do all of the things. You're yeah, the producer, so. director, um, coding, playtest, QA, <laughs> um, all all that, all of that. That's that's quite a. We've had a few loan developers on, and that's uh, yeah, it's it's an amazing thing to have all that those pieces together. I mean, a lot of people excel in certain tranches, but to be able to gather all those things together that's no mean feat so well done yeah my background's in 3d art and then mm-hmm. i'm kind of a self-taught programmer right and so this leads us on to the second question which is how did you make your start making video games um i went to animation school 
and then got a job in uh, games, worked for Sucker Punch. Uh, I worked on Halo for the last eight years, um, doing environment art. Um, and on the side, I always kind of had side projects, and uh, most of them were programming related and um, started building little games. Um, okay. When I hear of um, environmental artists, and what I'm about to say, please don't think I'm being insulting to your that particular sector or, or part or, or or skills or people, but it always makes me chuckle when I play a game like, for example, Assassin's Creed. Bear with me, and that's a game that's riddled with the, uh, with assets. I mean, that's where the most of the effort I think is spent. You may disagree, but I think the vast majority of the effort is spent creating all those assets and it always makes you chuckle when like someone spent i don't know maybe three weeks two weeks i don't know making a pot only for the player to smash it into tiny pieces yeah or run straight by it, and not yeah, look at it never look at it like no one really cares about the pot but i spent two weeks of my life look at the etching yeah. on the side look i even put a little fleck of, of like you know and uh, yeah. i i i joke and it's wrong to because you know the effort was not small, you know that. And those those games are, you know, they're quite rich, aren't they? With um, lots of assets, lots and lots, lots and man lots hours. of them. Yeah, I mean, I've played play to. I I adore them. I think they're wonderful. I, I spend, you know, I, I played Valhalla and playing at Odyssey right now. I mean, really, really terrific, fun games. And I'm also playing Halo Infinite, which is which has been an interesting experience. And I can see the effort and. And thank you, thank you for making those because they were quite something. Oh, but... I played a very small part. But... No, 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 no. You made you played a part. I mean, I'm just a commentator. What do I know? But um, I was actually playing the original on my original Xbox, which I repaired recently. By the way, if anyone out there listening got an original Xbox still, open it up, please. All the capacitors are leaking. They are. They're all blown. They're all leaked. You know, oh well. Anyway, and uh, yeah, it's very slow, very slow game. But yeah, I actually haven't played the campaign. I want to soon. Yeah. And see how it all came together and turned out. Yeah, yeah. Um, you don't really see that worked on it. I guess. No, too too focused on the tree bark you're rendering. <laughs> but but the little games you were making. Talk me through about about that. What were you doing? Was it in game jams? Was it? with just something you're just sitting there tinkering with, sort of working out what what are functions in C++ exactly kind of thing? <laughs> Was it just like um, testing technologies or what? Um, I guess a long time ago I made a, just a simple tower defense game. Um, then I, I didn't really know much programming and I made a, like a web-based strategy game called Dominus. Um, that kind of taught me JavaScript and programming, and that's still being played uh, by a small group of people. And then I kind of got into, um, sorry, that's 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 the fact that you made this little say little made a game, put it on the web, and people are still playing. Obviously, there's something there. Yeah, in in your noggin, like oh, I can make games then because it is a phenomenal skill to actually create. Something that people engage with and interact with and draw from. I mean, I, I personally play lots and lots of different types of games, not just video games, but a lot of board games. I play a lot of tabletop RPGs, 
they have their own very unique aspects to them. Uh, and uh, I was playing a tabletop RPG recently and I found it entertaining, but also found it a bit one note. Like, what's the solution to everything? Punch things. Okay. <laughs> and it's just yeah. like, so I really sort of like uh, can't, you can't understate the, uh, how difficult it is to make a game that's actually worth, you know, people are drawn to. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess I got into multiplayer games and maybe right. that helps. Like now this yes. is a multiplayer web strategy okay. game. Um, and then after that, I kind of got interested more in multiplayer, like real time. Mm. Mm. So I made some IO games. If you're familiar with those, like uh, Gario is one and uh, Snake, that IO, I think. Okay. Um, so I made like a spaceship comet multiplayer one mm-hmm. called Astro. And then that's kind of what led me to Skyfleet. It's just... Um, it's a very pretty game, but considering your background, that's that's not surprising. But I just, I love the little animations of the little, like you're in an airship, but you're it's hung underneath it, and it's swinging around like a swing. I mean, being in that as a pilot seat, that's just vomit inducing. <laughs> but I'm sure he's whoever the pilot is, they're fine. Um, but uh, I love the fact also when you fire, there's this big. Pushback. Yeah, it's, it's it'd just... be interesting to connect the camera to the bottom of the ship, maybe, yeah. and see, <laughs> see what, what happens like. to it. Because it's yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's really getting tossed around underneath that balloon. It really is. Okay. Well, let's move on to the next question then. And the next question is this: the dreaded third question. It's difficult to respond to, and I, I fully, you know, admit that and embrace that. But it's important that I ask it, Dan. Because you're a creator, very much a creator. You've been creating most of your adult life for those sorts of things. So I really want to ask you, and now this is not easy to answer if you think about it closely, like you wouldn't. What are your biggest influences as a creator? Yeah, it is a tough question. Mm. Um, I'd say definitely uh, where I worked and people I worked with. Worked with a bunch of really talented people. Um those are probably the biggest just because I spent so much time, but then, uh, yeah, uh, I've been on, I spend a lot of time looking at Twitter and mm. what people post on there and getting, I guess, information on or inspiration from what game developers post. The amount of times I've discovered games simply because I've been on Twitter, which I know everyone thinks is a cesspit, and it can be, depends on how you interact with it and who you follow, etc. So I explain to people, social media is typically, depending on what platform granted, is what you make it. Um, Mm -hmm. And I've often just like, that looks interesting. I'll 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 bookmark it, because, you know, the, the, the feed is just like this. I'll bookmark that, come back to that later. So, yeah, I've been doing a lot recently with people making games for old, dead platforms. Like, oh, we made a new game in a Commodore 64. Now, I know you understand this, but people outside go, or outside, like, why would you do that? And I, well, why wouldn't you? <laughs> you know, there's still a platform, it's still valid. It's like, is it? Yeah, like when they made Sonic on the Commodore 64. Why would you do yeah, or Doom on every yeah. device. 
Exactly. Measurable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just you know. So, but no, I, I do discover a lot of indie games, a lot of games. Period. Um, on 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 Twitch on, on Twitch, and it's really be it's a great response to say you know you're inspired by not only people you work with and you interact with, but also other developers and just looking at them and and just finding interesting stuff. Going, oh, I can see what they've done now. I mean, it wouldn't work in my game. I'm not not not, you're not leeching ideas. It's not about that. Or some, maybe somebody it is, but it's really about yeah. knowing that you're not going down some weird that garden path and say, no, no, carry on doing this. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe one reason I like it is on Twitter, people post uh, where they're working on a yeah. lot and how they're working, how they did it. Um, so you don't just see like the finished screenshot, but you see some of it's like technical and um, yeah, it's really impressive. Yeah. Like the game dev one. That game dev yeah. hashtag is wonderful because you just go, oh look, we've got this like big monster thing, and I just I don't know, it looks cool, but it's just it's not going to work, is it? And it's <laughs> and it's just, I mean, we've often said it on this show, and everyone can take a drink if you like, but the creative process is very destructive, and that you make a lot of stuff that doesn't actually make it to the cutting room, well, ends up in the cutting room floor. You know, it's great, yeah. it's great, it's really fun, but just not for this game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I suppose your years of experience in in development has hardened you against that, or is it just still just as painful? Um, well, uh, Skyfleet started out as spaceships and comets, um, and I just kind of dawned on me one morning that this isn't very interesting, and, and so maybe that's one example. Like, it definitely evolved from... Um, to what it is now, it wasn't just. Yeah, the the, the blue sky. It's not Sega blue sky. That's that's Sega's thing. <laughs> um, listeners, if you don't know what that means, go look it up. It's a phenomenon. I know, Dan, you know. Um, but that that tint of blue, it's very dark, isn't it? It's all what number it is on the on the scale. But it's you've got this sort of like a, a graded sort of foggy. Starts down like you know Turok a bit and gets up, but it's a nice rather than this deep, almost blinding blue, um, and that's good. Uh, but you're right. If you had it in space, the only way to make that color would be add nebulae and gases and stuff like that, and it becomes difficult to see what's going on. Yeah, it just wasn't um, very interesting. No, I think I could have made it look good, but. Um... Yeah, it just wasn't wasn't working for me, I guess. No, I mean, I also you wouldn't be able to have gravity, therefore the 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 whole True. jumping That's around little, you know, wouldn't have worked, would it? So and also, yeah, the, I think back yeah, then wasn't yeah. the same game at all. Like there were no floating. No, it was well, just it, comets and yeah, it just explode, didn't it? And that would be that. Even yeah. I mean, if you really wanted it in, like you wouldn't even hear anything. Like where's the sound? True, it's in it's in space. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, well, like Battlestar Galactica, that's right, yeah, that's what it is. There's no sound. Okay. <laughs> I like the first three seasons of that show. Anyway, <laughs> um, let's move on to the fourth question. And seeing as you're quite, you know, a uh, seasoned veteran, shall we say, of the industry, um, might be interesting to hear what you have to say about this one because I love answer, asking this question because it shows that you're not existing in a bubble you recognize the work of others which is wonderful and the, the the question is this what developer 
do you admire most in the industry and why? And it could be a person or a company and more than one. Um, um, yeah, that's hard. Tears, uh, tears. Of course, there's people that, yeah, I used to work with. Of course. Uh, one guy on Twitter, I've been really like, it's really interesting reading his stuff. Oscar Stahlberg. Okay. He made um uh what um he's into procedural stuff. Okay. He made uh Bad North. That's the one I'm Bad North. Right. Um, like all those islands are generated procedurally. And yep. he's working on new stuff like that now. Hey, Townscaper is another one he did. Okay. Okay. Um that's just someone on Twitter that I've Look forward to seeing all their progress and stuff. Nice. I should get them on the show. I do like Bad yeah. North. It's a good game. And people don't realise how procedurally general, how long that's been around as a thing. People think it's relatively recent. I know you know it's not true. It's, it's probably almost as old as game development itself. Uh, almost. Not quite. But it's been around for a very, very long time. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's 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 quite a powerful tool in the right yeah, hand not easy to make look good and <laughs> he does a really good job of it yeah yeah just massaging the ran randomness <laughs> so yeah. i did speech quotes there everyone you can't see that but yeah it's kind of random but it isn't uh but it, you you give it a set of parameters and then it works within those parameters to create something hopefully you know of merit and then you add more things to make sure just to polish it off a bit so it doesn't look too weird um, yeah but uh and hope yeah. it across your fingers I guess. across your fingers yeah um last question then of the first half and it is this um we're a video game podcast just like the main show which is kane and rinse if you're not listening to it well surely you should be and uh, we have to ask this question almost by law, which is this. What are you playing right now? Um, I guess right now I'm not really playing too much. Mm -hmm. I want to play Halo Infinite campaign yeah. just to see how it came together. Um, I played Among Trees recently just to check it out. I think it's a really cool looking game. Among Trees. This is Among not one trees. I'm not not familiar with. What's that one? It's uh it's a survival game in a forest. Okay. Um I picked it just wanted to try it out just mostly because of the way it looked. And nice. Nice. It's a really cool looking game. Um uh, 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 many many motorways. Oh now they've been on That's the show. Cool. Many they have, no, really? they have been on the show. And I highly recommend Mini Motorways. It's, yeah, it's uh, fun more game. It's, it's a flow on from Mini Metro. Uh, but um, yeah, it's at another. You see, yeah, you see why. There's like influence there. Bit of a, a relaxing experience, kind of, until you go, no, don't go there. No, <laughs> it's just, please, just go. Never mind. You know. And, Seems relaxing at the beginning and then. It starts, it's serene initially, going, oh, this, this is quite... And then eventually it's like, no, 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 no. 
Pass, pass. Yeah. <laughs> so it very quickly unravels, which is basically highway design anyway. But um, yeah, lovely. I mean, I had to get up at 5 a.m. for that interview because, you know, they're from New Zealand. So one has to suffer once for one's art. But I didn't, I didn't I say suffer. I didn't, you know, it wasn't a hardship. This is, um, we've had people from all over the world on the show. Um, so, you know, the time zones be damned. Anything else before we move on to the next half? No, I think pretty much it. I think. Um, yeah, I haven't. I've spent a lot of time working, I guess. No, 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 no. More than playing lately. Yeah. <laughs> but it's always good to know that, you know, now that uh, Skyfleet is out, mm-hmm. although you're going to have to look after it afterwards. Of course, of course. Nothing's ever really finished, although you can have to let go. Good enough is a phrase. It's hard to understand, but yeah, um, it, yeah. You got. I mean, Infinite's a good shout. It's a good shout. I've enjoyed it. I did, you know, play it over Christmas, and it's one of my. It was my two Christmas games, you know. So at the time we're recording this, everyone is to start to Christmas. So, or kind of. Well, it's New Year's. Doesn't matter. Anyway, let's move on to the second half of the show, where we delve deep. Is that right? Probably, probably not the right phrase for this. But anyway, let's do it anyway. Into Skyfleet. So the first question isn't a question, it's a request. Before we can delve deeper to Skyfleet, we need to know what it is. So, in your own words, Dan, what do you think Skyfleet is? Um, it's kind of hard to pin down to a specific genre, I guess, but it started out as an IO game, as a, where people can jump in anytime they want and play together so it's like a kind of multiplayer tower base tower defense uh kind of rts and action game um yeah it's co-op so you play as teams of like zero to or one to five and you build a city in the sky and turrets to defend them and you have and there's enemies attacking you have to defend your city against the enemies 
and gather resources to upgrade your ship and your buildings. Um, hopefully that kind of explains it. Yeah, I'm going to expand a little bit. So you are you're right, floating cities. Mm -hmm. The older generation amongst you, I'm going to talk to you, people to over the age of 35. Ready? It's a bit like K240. There you go. They know what I meant by that. Uh, <laughs> so K240 is an old Amiga game from 1987, 88. Know. Similar to yeah, what you made. There's nothing new under the sun. Don't worry, Dan. It's fine. Um, but um, that's an asteroid rather than a... And you have to defend, you create this stuff and you have things floating towards you and you have to manage all everything. And it's a little bit more city building than what you've made. But when I first saw Skyfleet, I went, oh, look, it's K240, which because I'm oh, at a certain age. <laughs> um, it's, yeah, it's a game that uh, it's... It had stuff. It just reminded me immediately of it. That, that siege. You're under siege, and that's what I feel with Skyfleet. Is you build something, you start off very sort of like maybe a a farm and a, a, a power cell and one mm -hmm. turret, and go off you go. You know, go out and forage and build and expand and expand and expand. It is not a forex. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's. Master Variety no. 2, you know. It's Wouldn't say that. No, it's not a 4X. Uh, has, it has components of it. You have, get, I get my, you know, the endorphin sort of loop. I get, I get it similar with Sky Gathering League. resources. And... Yeah, it's just, the, it's more the expansion, territorial expansion. <laughs> um, some players, there are different types of players of 4X games. I'm very much an expansionist. That's what it says about my personality, but I do like to push my front line out further and further away. So I'm pushing everything away from me. So there is a definite front line and Skyfleet does a fantastic job of creating this front line because you yeah. have these waves, don't you? But yeah, that, I guess that was a problem I figured out while building it was people just built buildings around their base and they yes. needed a reason to expand yes so then came up with the idea of the um purple islands you have to yeah build out to and the outpost and, and the outpost Let's and the outpost yeah. yeah and you can even use the buildings kind of offensively and yes build them in the enemy base and so this sort of um deliberately did that dan to sort of pitch to sort of lead you into the theme of my questions. Because what I marvel about Sky, Skyfleet is its form. It has a form to it, which is about almost like an opening flower that you start off with the bud and then eventually it expand out very slowly. And it's not easy to do that. But you have to do it. If you're a turtle player... Don't play Skyfleet because it ain't going to yeah. fly. You're not going to win. You can't. It's not a survival game, I guess. It's not. Yeah. It's it's much more you've got to open those petals out and just stand proud and go, I made this. So <laughs> That's a good analogy. Thank you. Um, so first question is this, and this is really a bit of a – this is a bit – because I find – the balancing of board games and video games very similar when it comes to numbers um, because it always bothers me is about how people deal with probabilities and making sure the maths the underlying maths work 
And I've just noticed when you have two, there's two resources, everyone. There's, it looks like gold, not really called that. I'm not sure if it is. And then there's, you know, there's, there's some uh, other. Iridium. Uh, Iridium, which is like, the, again, go back to Commodore 64, Iridium. Uh, but uh, um, but, um, the, but to get that resource, uh, you could do it two ways. Primarily, it's blowing things up and collecting the resources they drop, but also using farms and they, they generate some resources too um but i've noticed that as the your base grows the cost of building things and by the way everyone mm -hmm. when you build something it's instantaneous this isn't you know like starcraft where it keeps on saying you have to build additional pylons no, it's it's you know they it appears immediately which is you know, a bit super meat boy like like oh yeah good it's there just get it up just get it up which is fantastic but I just noticed that the cost of the item, the cost of building stuff, goes up the bigger your base is. And I'm like, yeah, why? So tell yeah. us, talk us through that. How did that come about? Why is that? Well, the, the main reason for that is um, because it's a server-based game. Uh, I couldn't let people infinite buildings or... Oh. Uh, the cost of the performance on the server would be bad. Right. So right. The main reason is, um, I guess, technical limitation. Right. Because um, I thought it was like a balancing thing. <laughs> but it's yeah, like, I, you know, because otherwise you could just litter the whole space with yeah. just a wall of death and you just, you know, never die. Um, yeah, maybe it's both. Um, yeah. It kind of works out in a good way. Yeah. Because. Just so you know, um, you, you are flying a little sort of airship around and you have to manage things by going near the item to interact with it and build it, upgrade it, that kind of thing. And um, actually, there's two things you can build it and upgrade it. Also, build power things to make sure they, they are running efficiently. Um, and that's... That's that's quite a you know quite a challenge really to to manage that to make sure that you're just this little dude running around making sure everything's okay because in traditional RTSs you just click on a mini map and go there and just or hit a bunch of keys and because you've done a bunch of macros on your keyboard and they just everything looks after itself or in in Skyfleet no 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 you've got to go and do to the thing because it's a tower defense game in part. It's a, lots of mixture of genres. It's great. But yeah, uh, yeah go on. The, at first, the idea was to have more like um, resources and have to take care of more buildings, like carry ammo to the turrets and refill them. But I found that kind of was uh, annoying or yeah, not I as mean, fun. Just... No one wants to be the worker. <laughs> yeah, no yeah exactly. That. Yeah. So there used to be ammo, and that was removed because you don't want to run run out of ammo. And not in this game, no. <laughs> yeah, not in this game. No, it's not Halo. Hey, see, hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean, this all leads me on to my next question. Really, um, there's no ability to launch mobile troops from your own sky. You know, on, on of your own volition in Skyfleet, you can't send off creepers like you do in MOBAs. 
and um, so there's a need to expand your 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 base beyond this point of origin. And we've already explained this before, but let's expand on it, pun intended, a little bit more. So the mere fact that you consciously don't have any mobile troops other than yourself. Um, was this always the case? Was that always the intention? Did it ever have um, any independent troops? I mean, is it was it always really about making sure that you can't play this as a turtle because you'll just die? There was never troops as in like Dota. No. Like, um, but at one point there were, um, there was, you could build drones and there was an attack drone and then a drone that took care of the buildings, like would refill the turrets and right, right. Uh, heal them and stuff. But I, that was, um, that was kind of removed because I wanted to, finished the game and they were kind of very complicated feature that but it is a very interesting idea to have more stuff and um send out stuff to attack the enemy troops yeah it's the additional rts but i i prefer the fact that you know you're the organism that you're creating is starting from a central point and then is expanding out like a an opening leaf or flower or whatever you might, or Venus flytrap, whatever you like, and just pushing out its tendrils from a central point. I find yeah. that far more interesting and elegant than simply creating a... Sitting at your base. Yeah, it's rather than you doing a grunt rush. Because that was a massive criticism from Warcraft 2, is the, the grunt rushing. And rightly so. Mm. Uh, and it became an endemic problem to RTSs for a long, long time. They never really conquered it, I don't think. But um, Skyfleet overcomes that because you you can't make them. There are no grunt rushes. You can't make them. They're not there. It's an easy way to solve it, I guess. Just get rid of them. You can't make <laughs> units, so stop it. Um, I want to talk about the creation of the front now. And the how you do defend yourself against the waves. Because, as has been explained, there's an AI enemy. They've created lots mm. of bases. They're this, 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 this foe that's come out to you know, destroy you. And you're coming out to defend the world against this terrible foe who's just absorbing all the resources it can uh, without, mm. with abandon. And... Um, there is a on the top left-hand corner. There's like a wave sort of predictor, like these. Tools. So, could you talk us through the design of those waves and how they escalate, and the, the balance with that, and how it increases the challenge on the part of the player? Yeah, that's something I took from tower defense. Tower defense. I used to play. Uh, I think it was Warcraft Three custom games. Okay. There were a lot of tower defense games right. um, with that similar wave mechanic. And uh, yeah, balancing it was pretty hard. Um, there's different kinds of waves. Yes. There's like a boss wave and a normal and a bunch of mini guys. Yes. Like a swarm. I call them the swarm when they get a swarm. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I like the swarm. Sometimes yeah. it sends like 20 little guys. Yes. At and you at once. And the, the amount of satisfaction you get when they just go 
into a great barrage of weapon fire. Just everything just explodes, and there's a, like everything's just firing off at once, and they just don't last twenty seconds. You need to sit there and go, "Thanks for the resources." <laughs> yeah, it's feeding. fun to play. Yeah, on uh, the very hard difficulty, and yeah. with lots of people and lots of towers, and they start sending waves of just lots of people and. You know, all your towers firing at them. It's just so satisfying. You've done a great job with the spot effects. Just really sort of thunders through the headphones as I'm playing through. So, yeah. yeah that uh, was, go on. Uh, the sounds and the music are um, something I didn't do. That no, was, I understand. I, uh, but, yeah. Yeah, we'll talk about it later. But, um, yeah, it's just I was really impressed with, you know, the sense of urgency because you knew every x amount of seconds because it predicts you're going to get assaulted by something from somewhere please you know gird yourself for that yeah i like the idea Hmm. um one thing i learned from dominus was it's good to give the player a lot of information and then let them make the best decision based on so that's i guess my why i put those things up there even though they don't mean too much but just to give the player more information on um, what's going on. Yeah. And it's those informed, you know, are prepared. You know, it's, um, they say best defense is attack, but no, it's not true, actually. It's more about being informed and then defending yourself against that and girding yourself. And it also does encourage that, you know, if you want to stop this, you're going to have to take out the base. If you want to stop this, it's, you want to, you know, you can't survive like yeah. this. You can have to, yeah. You get to. Take it gets it. harder and harder if you, yeah, yeah. Start on your base. The longer it goes that you take, the worse it's going to get. So just, you know, get rid of them. And I want to ask one thing. Last question, which I know, all good things they do come to an end. I'd like to think it's just been a good thing, but um, the your ship has the ability to herd the enemies because they regard you as the greatest threat over everything else. If you're in close proximity to them, they will go after you more. Not the turrets, not the power, nothing, just you. They are, you know, designed to do that. Their their, their reaction is to attack the player first and then go after anything else if, you know... Um, why? <laughs> um, yeah, I guess to that's more like a just gameplay um, solution. Just a you want a, the game to be about fighting the enemy, and not just shooting at them as they shoot at a turret. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it, it, it's. There's an aspect to it. It's a tactical aspect to it, of course, because when they come close to you, you just go, "Okay, they're going to come following me," and they do, and then you just herd them into what I call my kill zone. Because <laughs> just yeah, like, you just you, you just can, bring them in. Like, okay, they're not just... the smartest enemies. You can definitely lead them to the turrets. Yes, yeah. just lead them to the most densely populated area in your base and go. There you go. I'm not. I, I can't be bothered. 
I mean, you do yeah. start off with pretty weak as a boat, as a, as a as an airship anyway. So you you're yes. reliant on the turrets to do the job because you can't do it really. Yeah, and that's a good uh, way to play to lead them to your base and let the turrets take yeah. care of them. So to take care of them and then the keep. In fact, the tutorial, which is excellent by the way, everyone, wonderful tutorial, broken down to seven easy steps. It's great, and uh, explains what you're supposed to do. It's really good and. Uh, but yeah, the best way is just doing. Um, and you have said it is primarily, you know, it is a multiplayer game as well. You can play it on your own. I've been playing it on primarily, but you know, you can go in and play a multiplayer and just like cooperatively working together against this foe because it scales depending on how many people there are. It seems it seems it does. to it does. Yeah, um, it was. I designed it to be the like a co-op multiplayer game. Right. And kind of made the campaign to teach people how to play. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess like, I wish I had encouraged people more to play the co-op multiplayer game more than the campaign. Um, the campaign's not very long, deliberately, because it is very much an excellent sort of training ground before, mm-hmm. because I would recommend highly that you do at least six or seven of those. Those I can't remember how many there are now, but um, most of them at least the one where you get to, to destroy the base. And then there's others where you have to survive for 25 minutes. That's made me laugh. Um, it's like, how hard could that be? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, no, it just, uh, I, I was just really encouraged by the uh, ramping on or onboarding, as they call it now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, But there, there are... The amount of times I've actually stopped and okay, let's just try this again. There's a bit, there's a more efficient way of doing this. I need to figure out what the what the where, where all the uh, the numbers are going in the spreadsheet. I can't see it. I can't see it, uh, which is a good yeah, thing. It's really long. It gets yeah. too hard and just overwhelm you. It do, yeah. I mean, there are people like Slade Aspire's people who use a spreadsheet to play Slade Aspire now. It's sad. Why do that? No, <laughs> you know that's why I stopped playing World of Warcraft. Because all I could see was the the spreadsheet, fighting spreadsheets. <laughs> uh, no offence to the developers there, but that's just what it ended up for me in the end. So, Skyfleet uh, is developed by No Games. What, where's the name come from? Uh, it's kind of a family name. Okay. Um, just Yeah, that's basically it. Nice. Okay. Well, we, it could have been... Color animal. A lot of developers have, you know, yellow pig games, but no, or or some other three AM conversation like that happens a lot. Like, what are we going to call ourselves? I know your story, man. You just That's hear fun. you hear terrible stories. Like, what? What did you? It was three AM. We were twelve pints in. We had to do something. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also, or, or worse still, it's the only domain left available. So we're going. <laughs> Yeah, that's another problem. And it's published by Freedom Games. Yep. And um, could you tell us what platforms and machines it's available on? Um, it's on Steam and Epic, Epic Store. Yep. PC, Mac, and Linux. Nice. And it might come out for Switch in the future. Wow. There you go. Bit of a scoop. Nice. I hope I can say that. I don't know. Can you? <laughs> um, he said it now. Um, but um, yeah, um, 
I, I'm really happy it's on those the the other computers because I have a Windows PC and you know most I explain it to people when you play computer when you play games on a computer unfortunately you're going to have to get it on a Windows machine you and I know why uh, but my my laptop is a Mac so it's nice to be able to play it. some games on that you know um, but uh, that's the only reason I have it is because it's very rugged it doesn't want to die uh, <laughs> and when Macs die do they oh my goodness. There's no halfway house with them. They just go, I'm done. What? No, that's it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just a certain point. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. The battery's dead or yeah, it's a, a battery expands and dies or some something. Yeah. It's they are when they when they die, they really do they don't hold hold back. No, I'm done. Anyway. Dan, it's been fantastic having you on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. Um more than welcome to come back to chat about what next is brewing in your brain of yours, whatever it may be. Maybe it's a game about smashing pots. I don't know. Um, but um, if you do do that, do let me know. We'll sort out the copyright. It's fine. Um, but um, Yeah. But in the meantime, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. You have been listening to the Sausage Factory podcast, part of the Cane and Rinse Collective. Support us for just two US dollars per month at patreon.com forward slash cane and rinse for early, extended and exclusive podcasts. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, YouTube and at our website caneandrinse.com.